Okay, welcome to Fearless, Inspired, and Free. Today, I have uh, my one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, the whole wide world. Uh, we've been, I don't know, we've known each other, <laughs> we've known each other a long time. We had our first kids together. Um, they are four months apart. Yeah. So they're uh, two girls, four months apart. And then um, just basically have just our whole life. We grew up, we started kids. We grew up into, as you call it in your bio, grown ass women, right? A lot of evolution going on. Um, so I'm really glad to have you. And you're not on here because we grew up together. You're on here because you are a phenomenal woman. And when I was thinking of doing a podcast, I was trying to think of all the wonderful women who we have at our fingertips. You know, so many times all the celebrities are revered or, you know, even, you know, politicians or all these public figures that may not be attainable to just the regular average everyday young person. And so my whole goal was to just have some really easy going conversations with some phenomenal women. I'm starting off with women because, you know, that's my jam. You know, some great guys out there, but it's some women out here doing some great things. And I feel like you also have, uh, these women have great life lessons and stories that we can all learn from. And so we just, I wanted to have easy conversations, learn a little bit about your life. Um, because even though I've known you for a long time, I don't know a whole lot. We've been busy, we've been doing life. And and so there's a, yeah, a lot of catching up to do. So everybody, please welcome uh, Miss Benetta Roy. She is a mother, a grandmother, employee, and a boss, all caps, <laughs> all caps. And, you know, finally, um, her thing is she's a grown-ass woman. She started off as a young mother, and she's finally, you know, feels like she's in her skin. And so I was very intrigued about that. Um, one thing you talked about is that you're a genuine lover of life and humanity. You know, tell me yeah. about that. So, hi, everybody. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> so I got the little lump in my throat. Now, you know I'm a crybaby. So, she's going to start off making me cry. I'm going to seem like a whole punk, okay? <laughs> All right. So You are um, a crybaby. You will cry. But yes. don't cry. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm a boss up, okay? That's what okay. I'm going to do. All right. So is it still too close or I'm good? No, you're good. You're good. Okay. You look great. So when I say that I am a genuine lover of people, of, of humanity, um, that's just a genuine concern for everything and everybody. For me, um, intentions mean everything. And I know that, you know, you hear people say the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but actions behind those intentions. And for me, like, I really care about everything on this planet that has been created for us as human beings. And so to care about humanity, that means to, to feel empathy, to feel compassion. And it doesn't have to be for people, right? It could be for animals, it could be for insects, it could be for circumstances. Compassion and empathy comes in so many different forms. And so being able to be um, a person who feels deeply for people I know, people I don't know, um, and just for circumstances, that that's who I am. And it's so true. What you're saying is true. You know, sometimes you talk to people and they say, oh, exactly some of the things you said, and you don't see it in their life. And for me, and I would say so many people would agree who whose lives you touch, you really do emit light and love. You really, really do enjoy. I watch your Instagram lives when you're in your car singing. And I mean, you don't care who uh, is it, what anybody has to say. You just are enjoying it. You're enjoying life. And I've, I've listened to you come on live and some of the conversations that were real, real, real life conversations. You use your voice. Your throat chakra has never been blocked ever in your life. Um, I don't believe you have always spoke your truth. And so when you say that, I feel that. And, um, and I encourage anybody, if you can get to know her, she'll talk about some of the things she does. She'll talk about 
um, some of her business and things like that. And if you can connect with her at the end, she, I'm gonna ask her to, where can people connect? Where can people find you? And please, you know, connect with her if you can. So um, along the lines of you being a, a lover of life and humanity, um, you always, uh, well, you indicate that you are also uh, free spirited and you, you are rooting for people who don't challenge the norms. So when you say you're rooting for people who don't challenge the norms, tell me what that means. Um, the people who, the people, when, when, we, when we have enough, when we're fearless enough to challenge what society tells us who we should be, that's when we become our own person. Oftentimes, I read something and I think it was something you actually posted. I got chills just thinking about it, honestly. And it said that part of growing, part of becoming an adult, an adult is unbecoming who you were molded to be. So we have to understand we are only circumstances. We are only people from our experiences, from our circumstances, from what we've been through. That's who molded us into we are, into who we are. And so for those who can step out and challenge that and rebuild and reinvent and reinvent who they are, I'm rooting for those underdogs who just don't feel the courage to do it. I'm rooting for the ones who sit behind the job that they hate, but they continue to do it because they feel like that's what they need to do. That's what they should do. How many of us became or grew into the, or, or had the career that someone else chose for us or someone else told us, that's a good job. Girl, they got good benefits. Right, right. We don't have a good pension. Ooh, let's get into it because, yes, get into it because you said it. You said that we were born into or, you know, we grew up and we had circumstances around, we had people around us. And so let's get, let's, let's dig. Let's talk about our parents because I just was on a call today with an old friend and I didn't post this yet and I made a little snippet afterwards because it really got me to thinking about our parents always saying, get your job with benefits or don't, you know, I, I wanted to be, I told her, I wanted to be like, I wanted to make women beautiful. I wanted to be a esthetician and a makeup artist. My father's like, okay, ain't nobody paying for that. Well, that, that's not for making you money. And do you see this industry today? It ain't nothing but, that's all it is. But that's what I'm saying. And so, yes, let's help, let's help these young people break these molds. And you know what, for a long time, you, you feel like, why did, why did, why did, why parents do that to me? But you know what? It was out of love. It was the only way they knew how to protect you and how to love you. It was safe. Absolutely. It was safe because that's what they did. And so now it's up to us to break those kind of generational kind of thought processes and chains and let our kids be who they're going to be. So here's the thing. Like I'm a historian. So my undergrad is in history. I love history. And as black people, we are a product of our history. And so we come not too far. No, this, this wasn't a long time ago where we couldn't work at the post office. We couldn't be teachers. Mm -hmm. We couldn't work in the uh, criminal justice system. We couldn't be police officers. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't be educated. Mm -hmm. So we're only talking maybe a hundred years ago. That's not a very long time in history. Right. And so when we got to the point where we were allowed to do those things, it was seen as, as a, a, a level of stature. Man, they work at the post office. Now that's a good job. Yes. yes. You know, girl, you're a teacher. She a teacher? Oh, baby. Mm -hmm. That's a good job. Yeah. You're a police officer? <laughs> Sweetheart, that's a good job because what we what we didn't see a lot of were the Cicely Tysons, the Sydney Poirier's. We didn't see a lot of those, right? You know, and so we had to do or we had to push. Our parents pushed us to be better than them, but better than them wasn't like a huge gap. And so, with that being said, the thought of us 
to venture out like Beverly Johnson or Cicely Tyson or Stevie Wonder, it was kind of unheard of. We were, we were, we're going, we're, you're, you're sending the sheep out to the wolves. And so as a parent, I understand that my parents thought they were doing what's best by telling me to get a good job, by telling safe me to have job. security, a safe job, you know, so that you could buy a house one day, so that you could buy a car, so that you could take care of your families. I understand where they came from with that. Mm -hmm. But I also know a lot of that has to do with their ignorance because they didn't know um, what the possibilities were. No, that's, that's, you know, absolutely on point. And, you know, there was a little fear there. And, you know, the podcast, Fearless, Inspiring and Free, we have to be fearless. We have to, at some point, jump outside of the mold. And, you know, this past year has taught us a lot with COVID and the civil unrest and, you know, people wanting their voices to be heard. And now is the, is the best time to kind of explore that. And I think that's why I'm jumping out here on this. I know that's why you're exploring some projects that you, I mean, and you've done, and we're going to get into that too. You've been doing that for a while and you, you know, you really start started to not let people put you in a box some years ago. I mean, you, if you're, if you tell me you're a teacher, I'd be like, Nuh-uh, nuh-uh, no, you're not, you know, because they'd be like, you became a teacher, right? You know, because it's like, no, because, but I think it's just the kind of, um, it's just the kind of teacher we need because every student needs to see themselves in someone, you know what I mean? So I think that, you know, we're, you're right on point that we really have to start, you know, challenging those. So I'm, you know, I really, when I read that, I was like, wow, you are championing and championing and rooting for people who don't challenge the norms. And there's so many opportunities to challenge the norms, especially today. Um, so uh, we're, I wanted to be an actress. That's what I wanted to be. There you and, go. and I remember my mother telling me, um, girl, you know how many people want to be actresses? You could never do it. So I don't think my mother said that, you know, to hurt me or to, to break me. I think she said it because it was very, it, it is, it continues to be a very competitive um, field. But then, you know, as I grew older, as I became my own woman within the last, literally, literally, I've just become this woman within the last five years. Mm -hmm. um, I learned that those women in Hollywood are no different than me. The only difference is they were fearless. They, they looked beyond the box that they were in and they didn't allow, you know, people to tell them what they couldn't do. And I read something from an actor. I can't remember who it was. And I was just reading about, what was it for them that made them go to Hollywood or New York or whatever they did? And he said, I, I just needed one person to believe in me. And I think that's what we each need, but it has to be that right person, right? right. It can't it be anybody, just anybody. Opinion. And so my mother's opinion has always been hugely impacted to me. And so when she told me that, I felt that that was the truth. Right. I couldn't make it. I wouldn't make it. So I bet not dare go try, you know, and I, and I never tried. So that, that I'm kind of mad at her about that. I think we do. We harbor a little bit of resentment there. You know, do you think that there's a chance you might try, um, you know, with the opportunities being a little different now, all these internet sensations and then, you know, are becoming opportunities for people. And I have seen you in front of the camera on commercials, on the news and things like that. When you talk about your, um, uh, your business. Um, and so it's like, I know you can get in front of a camera. I know you can do it. Um, I know that right now at this point in your life, cause I feel the same. I think you get of a certain age and you start to say, who cares what people think? You know, if you're in the room and somebody doesn't care for you, I'm just not your flavor, but there are six or seven other people that, yes. uh, that I am their flavor. And that is my community. So I think we, we start saying, okay, I'm, I'm not going to care as much about anybody else. So do you think you'll ever jump out there and try? I, I don't, I don't think it'll be in the extent of movies, but I definitely, I am preparing myself to be some sort of public something. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. Okay. 
but I, I really feel that I'm preparing myself that and in, in, in preparing myself, I'm really just praying for courage to make it happen. Yeah. Just dig deep. And, you know, this is, you know, on this platform, we're talking ourselves through that. And so I basically take the leap, you know, when I was preparing for this and clearly it will not be perfect when I launch um, because um, I'm just launching, you know, for you can over prepare, you can prepare for years. I was like, I don't have a logo. I don't have this. I don't have that. Guess what? I know how to, I know how to have a conversation. So guess what? I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to get some women on here that have a great story and I'm going to go. So that's what I would say for you. Just do it. Just jump out there and do it, you know, and really think about, you know, I know, you know, you have made so many visions um, come to life um, and you have excelled at pretty much anything you've touched. So I would say just do it. It's so funny what other people see because I don't see that. So it's 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 nice to hear. I like to hear it. I feel encouraged. But you know, we're our own worst enemies, right? We are. We're we're our own best critic. Okay, right? Um, Do we sound right? Do do we look the part? You know, and I think that we just have to get comfortable with who we are and and what we have to offer. And everyone has a skill. Everyone, everyone has something to offer. And there's an audience out there for for everything and everybody. Right. You know, especially if you're not trying to be someone else. else. Like you have to get out here and just do you. And there's an audience there for that. And there's a community there uh, waiting to support you. So yeah, don't make me do a list of what you have excelled at and, and, and knowing your story and, and you can get into how, you know, whatever things, but knowing that both of us both started off as these young single moms, and we worked and worked and worked. And I think our kids turned out pretty good. I mean, I'm sure there's some generational, some generational things I did. Right? I think there's some generational things that probably threw their way. However, I think that we did good and we jumped some hurdles and, and then oh. look, and look what you came, became even, you know, I think when you're talking about with society, fearless enough to challenge what society tells us, uh, you know, um, to be, you know, just to challenge that whole notion that you are this. Think about how young, how we were young mothers and what society had already accepted that we were going to be. What was going to happen? Right. So we, you overcame quite a bit just of the expectations that society as a young single mother um, have placed on you. So you are educated. Tell me, t- tell us, tell us, how'd you educate yourself? So, um, you know, I had Alyssa when I was 18. I got pregnant my freshman year of college. I had her over the summer. I never took a semester off. Um, I didn't go back to NIU, but I went to UIC for a semester. Then I went to Triton. And then I went back to NIU when Alyssa was a little older. She came with me. So I didn't leave my baby with my mama, the auntie, the cousin and all of that. Took her back to NIU with me. She went to Montessori school. I went to school. I graduated from undergrad when I was 22. And I graduated with my master's when I was 25. And you haven't stopped. You got into teaching. I became an educator. um, And I became a teacher because my mom said, uh, because actually my undergrad is in history. And I started substitute teaching. And so my mom was like, it's a great profession for a young mother. You know, and I knew I never wanted to work on holidays. I knew I needed my weekends off and I wanted to be at home with my kids. Like I wanted to be there with her to do homework and things like that. So I said, okay, well, I'm gonna be a teacher. So I went to National Lewis, registered for school. I had to take some exam, took that, got accepted to the master's program. I finished that in two years and I graduated with my master's. I think I was like 25, yeah, 25. And uh, maybe 24, one of them. Anyway, I graduated and I've been teaching ever since. And then I became a special education teacher three years into education. And that and that's and that's challenging. So there's yeah. teaching and then there's the kids that need some um, extra attention, some extra love. And 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 I remember your students, and I remember uh, just seeing again all the love you shower on them and they love you, love you, love you, love you. Uh, you know, all, throughout the years, I have just watched you um, 
really nurture some kids that really needed some extra help and in and, and I'm sure they turned out better um, because and you're just the kind of teacher that that we need. They don't always, you know, you have to understand too. I'm I'm a small pond, I'm a small fish in a big pond, you know, and, and that as it applies to every student because you're this much of them, but then they have environments and families. And those are the big, big impacts. And so sometimes the impact you make, now who's to say that they're not someplace 26 thinking about, man, Miss Roy. And I would literally bet my life on it that any kid that ever passed through me will remember me for the rest of their lives. I, I'm, I know that. that, that as an educator, that's always been my goal. So you may not you know, be the person I want you to be, but I guarantee you, Throughout your life, you are going to think about Miss Roy. You're going to think about her hugs. You're going to think about her saying, I love you. You're going to think how she was fine. You're going to think how she was funny. You are going to think about Miss Roy. I guarantee you, boy, girl, parents are going to think about Miss Roy. So I always knew that as an educator, you would leave my classroom a better person. Now, the world may not always see that but it would be in you because, you know, still, I don't know, you know, your situation, some of these kids not eating. Some mm. of these kids, the first time they ever heard someone say, I love you was from me. Mm. Some of them don't even tell their mamas, I love you, but they leave out of 408, room 300, 206, all the rooms out of men, and they <laughs> leave out and they say, I love you. And, and they it, know they're it, loved. By and someone. Know it, they know it's for real. So in my school, it's if miss, you know, they'll bring a kid to me. I've had students that are not, not even my students that are not even special ed students. And they have put them in my classroom because they say they need some Miss Roy. Some love. They are the ones who have been shunned, who have, have been bad and disrespectful, mm-hmm. you know. All those labels that they put all on. All of those labels they've been, and, I, and my, I'm a big thing. Love is not earned. It's given. It's just what it is. You love not, regardless. You love regardless. And I tell them, I don't like you today. I don't like what you said, but I love you. I will always love you. I'm never going to stop loving you. I don't like what you did. So I'm not hugging you because you did good. I'm hugging you because that's, I love you. And that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. You know, they don't know about doing wrong and having a conversation. They know about doing wrong, being reprimanded, being hit, being punished, not being wrong, being talked to, being hugged, and then being punished. Now, but in a respectful way, in a way that they can receive it. You know what I mean? Because when, when someone know. loves you, you receive the good, the bad, and the ugly. You receive it. You receive it in a different way. So I feel like the love, the unconditional love you you gave and give your students currently um, is, is a gift that they will carry with them. And regardless, like you said, of the person they turn out to be, um, they will always understand what yeah. unconditional love is and they will have experienced it. And the sad thing is what you said is some of them don't even get a Miss Roy. You know, they can go through a whole school system and they can go their whole life and, you know, no shade or no, you know, this is no judgment on anything, but some have not experienced the genuine love. And I think it, that's why we have some of the systemic issues we have in society today, particularly with the, you know, our kids and, and things like that. And so I really, I want to tell you, thank you, because I've always admired how you have handled your thank students you. and how you have loved them. And um, it's a gift. I have, you know, I've had teachers that, you know, I couldn't wait to get away from. And I have teachers that I will always love. And the thread was love. They showed a genuine interest and they, I know they cared. So, um, you know, nobody can take that away from you. So that I really appreciate. And, and speaking of love, and since we got into that, it's, I, I have in my notes that um, you said you believe in love um, and I said to myself, love is a common word all throughout your bio. Just love, 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 love. And you know, why why is it so important? We heard why it's important in the school setting for the kids who are cast aside or labeled. Um, and I, I hate when they label them because they carry that their whole life. And it just becomes 
who they think they are. And that's just not, there's so much more, but why, why is love so important in general and why do we need more of it? Love uh, brings happiness, right? Being in love. There's a lot of responsibility that comes along with love and genuine love comes from, or it can, it can, genuine love can restore, it can build. And although everyone in you, everyone in your life that you love will hurt you, everyone, your mama, your children, mm -hmm. siblings, your spouses, your students, you know, your friends, you have to determine who's worth that love. And for me, everybody is worth the opportunity of love or everybody is worth being given love. Everybody may not be worth being given you. You know, some people just got love from a distance, right? That's it. We got to love them from afar. Love is what restores love gives joy you know um and it makes us whole most people that are broken is because they lack love in some capacity and it can come from anywhere it can come from blanco my dog you know mm -hmm. um, when you see people that have like a bunch of pets and people just don't understand it that's their love that's their love. And that love brings comfort. It brings joy. It brings healing, you know? And even when we've lost people that we love, the fact that we have more love left here, that's what restores us. That's what helps us to continue to move forward. Carry you, you know? carry you through, yep. Carries you through. So I, 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 I feel so bad for those who, who don't have love or don't feel it. And that's why... Oftentimes that, that uh, suicide rate is so high because they, they, they don't feel enough love because love, I feel like it allows you to believe that you can get through this or that, mm -hmm. you know, and. So um, your theory is there is a, a lack of inside, there's something missing and love might be a component of. Love, love is that. a huge component. Now, I, now, you know, when you think about relationships and you say, Tina Turner said, Love ain't nothing but a secondhand emotion. What's love got to do with it? Mm -hmm. I understand that too, you know, because just because you love someone don't mean you have to stay in anything, mm -hmm. you know, because if they're hurting you, then you have to, you know, sometimes you have to shuffle things. And uh, so let's talk about that. So, so for the listeners and anyone out there that might be struggling, okay, we're talking about how love and love brings joy, love it restores but love should not hurt and so this might be a great opportunity to tell somebody who's struggling should i should i stay should i go should i if you have to love yourself first that's that's the first thing love has to start with you and at the end of the day you are responsible for your happiness nobody so, else nobody else nobody else I, at a, you know when you have children right and they're younger yeah, of course, their happiness depends upon me. You know, if they eat, if they sleep, if they're loved, if they do homework, if they do activities, all of that, you know, and love is going to hurt. It's only natural. You can't feel so deeply for something or someone and think you're always, you know, it's always going to be that way, right? You know, and you don't have to be with everyone that you love, but you have to love yourself first. And I think that lack of self-love is what is ruining the world. And unfortunately with social media, I think people are becoming more unaccepted. What's the word I'm looking for? People are, because you're looking at so many other people's lives or the life they want to show you, we have more people Comparing self-love now than we've ever had before. Right. Because that comparison. They comparison. Are people yes. And why can't I have that? Why can't I and be? Why don't I have it? Instead of saying, I am enough. I am, nobody thinks they're enough. We are in, a, I was just having this conversation. We are in the world of extremists. Oh, and it's just because they're competitively. 
it is is we're comparing ourselves and I you know I am a person who again I like I I one thing about me is I always find the beauty in everything and I used to tease me sometimes because I'd be like oh you know this is and that, that everybody's beautiful to me everybody you know I always find something in um so I do see I do I hear you when I say everybody's trying to one up or you know like just be the most extreme and get the most likes and it's and I'm fine with my little five likes, okay? Um, because at least it's the folks that I know that are accepting me for who I am. But I think that, again, like you said, the, the, the lack of love, but I think some of them are very confident and that's what they like. And so I kind of support that too. I'm like, okay, okay, you are real brave too. Like that's a, a whole nother kind of bravery for me because I will look at it like the long hair or the lashes and the, or the makeup and I'll say, man, I wish I was brave enough to even try that for a day or, you know, wear that color or wear that. So I, I look at them as, you know, brave in their own kind of category and beautiful that way. But I also see that what happens is um, the young people look at that too. And there's just like this unrealistic belief that I have to look like that to get those kind of likes. Cause they are getting lots of likes. And yeah. I, I never seen so many bodied up women in my life on, then on the social media. And then that'll have you feeling so un, inadequate about, yeah, your, inadequate. And about now, your weight, your, you know, yeah. and so I, now what is but, everybody doing? Spending tons and tons of money, risking their lives and surgeries, you know, trying to be like that one, be like that one. I love just being in my little box with my few little people. You know, I'm guilty of it too. We all are. We've all, you know, we've all fell for, for the pressure. I mean, I was just telling my sister the other day, I was all freaked out because um, I said, I'm, I can tell now I'm getting older. And then she said, well, I said, I looked in the mirror. I said, my neck has, my neck. Had, has some wrinkles. I said, I, I freaked out. And then, you know, I'm looking and, you know, I had never been the uh, video vixen body girl of my life ever. Okay. But as you get older, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm even, I'm losing even more of it. And you start like, and, and, and then you start saying, maybe I should go, maybe I should go do this. And I was thinking, maybe I should take a needle, needle to the neck. Maybe I should do that. But this is up in here. So it'll look more full or maybe. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, so we all do it. We've all done it. I'd be a liar if I said I ain't gonna get off and do it tomorrow, you know. But I think that every day we have to work towards accepting. Okay, this is what it is. I haven't lost out on any love in my life, so I must be okay. You know what I mean? And a lot of them you look at, they ain't gained no more love in their life, right? And you know, they ain't chasing me any left. Well, when I was younger, I'm uh, not anymore. Ain't no, but they weren't chasing me any less. You know what I mean? And and still now, you know, you still got to bat off a couple old men. Like, oh, I'm married. Go, go, go. Yeah. And so, you know, just that self-love and acceptance of being, it's okay who you are, who, with who you are. And if you want to spend a little change and do something more, fine. Um, but you don't have to feel like you have to live up to that standards because I just, it's not realistic and it's very stressful. And I think it's causing a lot of mental health issues with our um, because they feel like they're not living up to that perfect image that they see. And I think it's up to us everyday regular folks to kind of let them know it's okay. And I think the more that we're okay with ourselves and we, we mirror that, then they'll see, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Unfortunately, you know, um, so many are not paying attention because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're gravitating to who has all the followers. Who has, you know, that's the biggest thing, just who got all the followers. That's who they gravitate to. And so it leaves a very, um, I'm very uh, worried about our future. I really am. I really am. And I, I know, and I keep telling myself, well, history repeats itself, right? So hopefully a uh, simpler time will come back. And, you know, we'll only be faced with the people that are really within our boundaries, within our reach, instead of, you know, I'm comparing myself to a woman, you know, however far away that I may never see in my life. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm comparing myself to her. It, it has me questioning that as people, do we have any sense of security? Why do we have to change everything? You know, why do we all have to have the same look? You know, we're different for a reason. We're supposed to be different, but now every, Everybody the same. 
Like, what did you, is it, is, is this you? Or it's like, it's almost like the Stepford Wives. Yeah. And when you sit with yourself, are you okay with, you know, being that, you know, just everybody, or do you want to stick out? I used to say, um, you can't stand out if you blend in. I, I, for years ago, I used to just, I was in my master's program and that was my motto. You can't stand out if you blend in, you know, and always wanted to just not be the, the same and, you know, just wanted to come into my own. And so I'd love to encourage that, but I, I think this is something we can work on. I mean, you and I were talking about, we really want to, you know, make a positive impact. And I think we're, we're getting there, you know, starting here with, with me and you have some things in the work. And before we end today, cause you and I can talk forever. Um, you, I want to pick up. So everybody kind of knows your path. And so if there's anybody who's like, I, oh, I was a, you know, single mom, I guess I can finish school and, oh, I, you know, I, okay. So I finished school and I can be a teacher. And so not just an educator, but you then at the same time that you are an educator, and by the way, you have, you know, another child, and then you were nurturing that uh, exactly. When I graduated with, um, when I graduated from college, I was pregnant with Cameron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at my graduation, I was pregnant with my son. So full circle, you came in with one, you're gonna leave out and with one. Left with another one. Lord, why? <laughs> and we love them so. I think both of you got. Well, no, your gap is a little shorter. I waited ten years. Um, my five and a half. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I waited a long time. And, and so you, so then now you have your two and now you're graduated with these wonderful degrees and you're you're getting a job and in, in your spirit, there's something else, you know, and I know that, you know, um, you always wanted to do other things and you've, you've always been on to the next, like your energy. I think they should try to bottle it and sell it. I'm not, I'm not real sure, but if they could bottle, even my mother, be like where does she get the energy where does she People get always it? ask me that oh my goodness are you ever tired and so um what was next so you've done that this for oh you know many, many years um and I actually I never wanted to be a business owner but I opened up a restaurant so my brother opened up and my guy was just like man like thought he had a really good product and like he could really take it somewhere but my brother um he's more of a background type person you know, mm-hmm. so my brother and my guy then and encouraged me like you could do this, Nick. People love you. You know, I'm like, oh, I ain't no business person. Every two weeks I get paid. I know how much I get. I'm good. <laughs> and so um, they just kept talking and talking, and I just kept having conversations with God. I just kept asking, what am I going to do? I, and I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. I was just my mind was all over the place. Long story short, open up, surfs up. First three years was horrible. Surf's up South Shore. First three years was absolutely horrible. I really wasn't investing myself. The third year, I actually quit CPS. My business was failing. It was failing. It was failing. I was going broke. I was struggling. It, it was, it was, I was so mad at them for, for pushing me to do this. And I'm like, well, where y'all at now? You know, I'm dying. And I told myself, and I told my boyfriend, I said, look here. Either we're going to do this or we're not going to do it. So this is the last draw. I'm going to quit. I quit CPS to pull down my pension. Hmm. Quit CPS. Pull down my pension. I had to be unemployed for six months. No income coming in. It took me three months to get my pension. So for three months, I ain't had nothing. My guy, you know, jumped in, helped where he could, you know, and all of that stuff. Finally got my pension. Put the money I needed to in my business. Put the money I I had to pay some illicit tuition. And I had to pay some back bills. And God lines people up into your life. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with my landlord about what I was doing. So I had not paid rent for like three or four months. Wow. And he allowed that to fly, you know, because of our relationship. But pulled out that money. So we got rid of some people, you know, cause there was some theft happening. Mm-hmm. I told my guy, look here, you're going to work that register and I'm going to work this kitchen. I talked to my sister-in-law 
who told me you need to be on social media more, but I, I hate social media. I know it don't seem like it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have guessed that, but okay. Guess, but I hate social media. <laughs> I hate it. But she said, I'm telling you, it works. So I brought, we live, baby, <laughs> into my kitchen. And I'm going to tell you where I got there from, which is so funny. One of my students. Oh, that Jamonte Thomas. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I can I spit him, in your face. <laughs> yes. I told him, you are going to be the next Dave Chappelle. He was sitting in class one day and he picked up a crayon box and he was sitting there looking and he was like, we live, baby. Like, <laughs> it was just an outburst. What are you doing? He's like, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on live. I'm on live. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I fell out and I went to work. I went to work and surf stuff because I would teach. And then I had to fire so many people to the point I wasn't opening up surf stuff until I got off work. I remember you used to work you used to work later. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I got off. I, I drove from Naperville to Humble Park to South Shore back to Naperville every day. I had 289,000 miles on my camera. See, and people don't realize the struggle and the sacrifice. So all of the things you're listing, you didn't have an income for six months. You, you are relying on the community you have built. You, 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 you failed at first. You left and came yeah. back. You're, you're running yourself ragged. And so you, you did the sacrifice. You had the struggle. And then came what? What started Get happening? Life, baby. I'm in there working. I'm leaving school, going to surf stuff, setting up that little, my phone, we live, baby, and talking to people. I'm bringing my students to the restaurant with me. They're engaging with people. Mike working to register. Now we're making money. People are coming in. People are excited. People want to know about surf stuff. People are inboxing me. And I just kept it going. So now I'm back teaching because I, I went back to teaching mm -hmm. within six months. I need my income, man. Mm -hmm. Went back to teaching, got em, employed some people and it just started growing and growing and growing. And literally it's only three and a half years later, three and a half years later, people are hitting me about opening up franchises. I'm throwing them to my brother, throwing them to my brother, you know. Um, you have more than one location. So there are a total of 12 locations. It's and, a total of 12 you, locations. So there's 12 locations in Illinois. Yes. And then more so what I, and I'm hearing that they're it's extending Alabama. nationwide. So you all are okay, going nationwide. Nationwide. I franchised that one. Oh. Um, so we're officially nationwide. I personally own two, Surf's Up South Shore and Surf's Up Old Town. Um, 71st in Crandon, which is like 71st and South Shore Drive in the South Shore area of Chicago. And then Division in Wales, kind of like not about five minutes from the Rock and Roll McDonald's mm -hmm. in downtown Chicago. Those are the two that I own. All the rest have been franchised out. And you're wildly successful. And I've seen some of your uh, guests that come in and some of them are internet sensations. Some of them are old school basketball old stars. <laughs> like when we were growing up, the Fab Five and all of those yeah. folks. And so you, um, so you, you built a brand basically, you know, you were helping to build a brand and now you are, your family business is, is thriving and doing well, but it was not without sacrifice. So for all the listeners and all the young people, can you, is, is success overnight? No. No, it's not. No. And you have to work night, for it. It's not over a year. It is time and it is work. And it is so many conversations with the man upstairs. Absolutely. Staying grounded, staying consistent and putting the work in. You know, when you see something on, on if you tune into Veneta, but if you see anything on the internet, but people are wildly successful in these, you know, they're in these cars, they're in this and that. Um, nine times out of ten, they, they put a lot of work into that. You might have seen the work, but it was there. It was always there. It so it's like, there. it's hidden. So, you know, so, um, and that's what's important. So you, you're, you're building this brand, you're, you're doing things. And I know that your mind's still working. And I know that there's more to come for you. Um, but before we close one of your, um, so you're a mom, one of your biggest joys in life and I'm gonna let you 
take us out of here with what your biggest joy might be right now has got to be granny because you're about to put the hashtag granny on the mark because I don't know a lot of grannies that look like Vanetta Roy. So tell us about your biggest joy. Oh my gosh. So Dana, you already know. <laughs> I don't even have the words to explain. Jacob, Andrea, hashtag granny. I never, I never, in a, I remember I told Alyssa to get an abortion. Mm. I, remember that. Mm. Jacob, I, I sat down, Alyssa and big Jacob, and I said, don't do this. Graduated from college. You're talking about you traveling. You just finished real estate school. Don't do this. Please don't do this. Y'all not ready. You're going to take the fun out of your relationship. And their mind was made up. And I went to the doctor's appointment with Alyssa to get an ultrasound. And they couldn't see the baby. Now I feel like I'm about to cry. This is when she was pregnant with Jacob. And they, was, and they couldn't see the baby. And I remember I whispered to her in her ear and I said, oh, that means you still have time to get an abortion. And she looked at me and she said, why did you even come? Mm. And I felt like shit, mm -hmm. I felt horrible. I am the one person that is supposed to have her back no matter what. And then she ended up with preeclampsia. So they find the baby and this is, and, and she made her decision. She told, she, she stood her ground and she said, this is going to happen one way, one way or another, this is happening. And, and again, so thinking about our, our conversation, you were projecting something onto her instead of letting her be the decision maker, right? Because we talked about what our parents did to us, right? I was becoming that parent. Right. So go ahead. So she, she they couldn't find the baby. And then they thought it was a tubal pregnancy. And I was just like, now I'm scared to death because tubal pregnancies are extremely dangerous. Mm. It's frustrating time. Now I'm scared to death. And I remember crying myself to sleep last that night and talking to God and saying, if you fix this, I will never question what you've done again. If you fix this for me and not let my daughter go through anything horrible. And she was fine. She had a good pregnancy. And then she got preeclampsia. And we were back in the hospital, the inner emergency. She had blown up like a damn gummy bear or something. It was crazy. <laughs> and we're in that hospital. And I've never been so scared in my entire life. Mm. And when she went to, she went to have a C-section, it was an emergency. And Jake was in the room with her. I didn't go in there with her. And my grandson came out. I'm so sorry. That's okay. God bless. And he was in an incubator because he was early. And, you know, they came and got me like, hey, they have to rush him to ICU. But we're going to let you see him. I need you to stand right here. And he came out and he was so little when he was in that thing. <laughs> and, they flew, and I can just see he was fighting to breathe. Mm. And they flew by. I went in that room and I have never cried mm. so silent and so hard in my life. And I remember I, I kept on telling God, you told me you were gonna be okay. You told me it was gonna be okay. You told me it was gonna be okay. And I kept on saying, where's Alyssa? Where's Alyssa? Where's Alyssa? And everything was fine. And he and, and he told me, he said, it's okay, it's okay. And I remember their dad, Jake coming out and he being so happy because ignorance is bliss. He didn't know the magnitude of what was happening. Right, right. He didn't understand it, but I knew. And my grandson stayed in, in NICU for about a week. And I remember going in there, putting my little hands in there and touching him. And you could see his, him fighting to breathe mm -hmm. and all those tubes in him. Never again will I question what he does. Never again in life. Then she was pregnant with Drea. Mm -hmm. And she cried and she said, I'm sorry, you know, I know I disappointed you. And I said, not at all. Not yeah. at all. It's the greatest joy, greatest gift. Mm -hmm. They are. They are the greatest gift. And what's 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 what is wonderful is again, you were being a parent, you thought you were protecting her, but you love them 
more than anything. And you are a wonderful granny. And so it has all come full circle. She's happy. Alyssa made the decision. You stood by her. And the love is, is just infinite. I can't even, it, you know, Dana, baby feet, little Fifi, it leaves you breathless. It does. It leaves you breathless. You never think that you can love anything like you love Lex, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Love Maya. Maya. But it's a different kind of love. And I try to explain that to, to everybody. It's a different kind of, I told my girlfriend today, she said, well, what is it like? You know, cause she didn't have a grant. I said, you remember when you were a kid and you believe in Santa Claus or you believed in something, you was just so excited. Like you couldn't even, it feels like that magnified when you are going to see it. And we have similar stories. Our girls blew up and very just very and you know, you you don't know if you, I'm like, she fine, she got this. She, girl, when they go to have them babies, you be about to die yourself. Like I remember I was trying to be so brave. I picked her and Dre up and then we went and had breakfast and then she was gonna go have her they have her baby. And I was, you know, trying to keep it together and she got out the car and I video and I said, okay, because COVID, I, COVID. I, can't, I can't go in. I this is I have to see my baby in the parking lot. And um they go in. And I would never let her see this. I would never let her just being a beat. I was so worried and scared. I sat in my car and I cried like a baby. I, know you I, felt, like I, I felt like I had just turned my baby over to it. Yes. Not you, a medical professional. Not, I don't know. I said, this is she's going in there and I, I, I'm supposed to be there, you know? So it, it is a rough ride when, when you're so worried, but I think it worked out great. And we get to raise our grandkids together the same way we raise our, our girls together. <laughs> you see how the you see how life works full circle. So I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. I want and hope that all of the different things we talked today um, spoke to someone, gave someone um, the strength or energy to move forward. No situation. Persevere is hopeless right like no situation is bigger than you that's right you can do it yep you can overcome people have have lived some horrific experiences and life has dealt some terrible hands but the power is within you it is yeah. so within you and you have to speak it and you have to think it and you have to know it and, and you, you gotta have to believe it the universe just like what goes up must come down. The law of attraction is real. If you put the energy out there and a positive energy has way more flow and, and is way more powerful than a negative one. That's right. When you put that energy out there, the universe will bring it right back around to you. I know it, I've lived it. I am living, my life has changed drastically. Because of it. I, because of it, Be, because of that knowledge. So I just think, what if we knew this at 20, Dana? Well, you gave it to him today. Period. Because we would have been dangerous. So period, <laughs> what is it? The energy you put out there, you will Completely. get it back. It will manifest, I promise you. Vanetta, thank you for coming. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your positivity. And I'm thank sure you, I'll have you on again. And thank you for making me cry. It never feels. I can't curl back. All right, Dana. 